Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Monday, August 30th. Today on the show, Nashville SC delivers a huge performance on the verge of a historic weekend of soccer in Music City. The Titans lose their final preseason game to the Chicago Bears, but what does it actually mean? We will try to solve some of the roster problems for the Tennessee Titans ahead of Tuesday's cutdown, but we begin, of course, with an update about COVID. Unfortunately, it's important, but it'll be super quick, I promise. We, of course, are brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They've been in business for over 10 years, and they're awesome. Go to the website, BuildKG.com. Would I tell you to go someplace that sucked? Of course not. Go to the website, BuildKG.com, and remember the name, the Kingston Group. Unfortunately, here is your daily Titans COVID update. Two coaches, wide receivers coach Rob Moore and offensive line assistant Jason Hoftowling, missed Saturday's game along with head coach Mike Vrabel and special teams coach Craig Ackerman. Additionally, wideout Racy McMath missed the game after being added to the COVID-19 list. And then on Sunday afternoon, starting center Ben Jones was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list as well. The total, depending on who comes off and who is added and taken off on Monday, sits at around a baker's dozen worth of players and coaches. Ryan Tannehill, Harold Landry, and Jones are the biggest player names. All three should have plenty of time to rejoin the team in time to prepare for their week one matchup against Arizona in two weeks. But missing Jones and Tannehill will continue to impact the offense, which has almost literally not taken a single snap in preseason or practice together as a complete unit that will take the field, most likely, against Arizona. Again, we've said it many times, they didn't need any reps at all in preseason last year to create the best Titans offense in history. I just don't know if that's going to apply this year or not. I guess we're going to test the theory out in Tennessee this year. The Bears beat the Titans 27-24 in the third and final preseason game on Saturday night at Nissan Stadium. It was a skeleton coaching staff, a second or third string offense, and once again a few effective series from some defensive starters. In fact, Stretch, a.k.a. John Stryker, who is technically the coordinator of football development, was the head coach on Saturday night, and he went for it twice on fourth down in the red zone and even won a coaching challenge. Good to see Stretch getting some run out there. The defense looked the most like the real thing once again on Saturday night. Another handful of starters got the first few series and looked solid, getting a sack on the first possession, forcing a three and out, a stop on both third and fourth down in short yardage situations on the second possession to force another turnover, and a four and out on the third series. Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold did make their preseason debuts and played a few series on the left side, so that was great to see. But Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and the rest of the offensive line did not play. Fullback Kari Blossom game certainly did and was great with the ball in his hands. Was this just Stretch giving a local guy some run in a preseason game? Or will Blossom game actually be able to fill in some of the void left by Johnny Smith in the passing game around the line of scrimmage? Just something to keep an eye on. After that, it was all young players, guys who were headed to the practice squad, or guys that will barely make it onto the roster. So, with cutdown day looming Tuesday at 3 p.m., what did we learn on Saturday? Well, we saw it in the first series. Ola Adenihi and Derek Roberson appear to have made this team as they shared in a sack early in the game, and then on Sunday, outside linebacker John Simon was cut. It looks like Odenihy and Roberson will be outside linebackers 4 and 5 behind Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, and rookie Rashad Weaver. 
What about the backup quarterback? Well, with neither quarterback separating themselves on Saturday, it seems hard to believe that Logan Woodside will be unseated by Matt Barkley as Ryan Tannehill's backup. Neither was great in the game. Both made big mistakes, but Barkley made more poor decisions. And it has always felt like Barkley would need to wow the coaching staff and show clearly that he is the better option to take down the incumbent Woodside. And I'm not sure I've seen it. Either way, if Tannehill gets hurt, this team is in trouble. The wide receiver room is even more complicated than we thought. Josh Reynolds has been banged up during camp. Racy McMath is now on the COVID list. Marcus Johnson is now hurt. Cam Batson and Mason Kinsey keep coming up big in game situations. Des Fitzpatrick is still a giant question mark. What about Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook, Akine? Good luck sorting all of this out on Tuesday, John Robinson. Safety behind Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker is a complete unknown. They keep rotating bodies. Guys keep getting hurt. It looks like Matias Farley is probably going to be one of those guys, but there's a lot of question marks in the depth chart there. The left tackle battle might actually be favoring David Quisenberry, who's been available when Kendall Lamb has not, as Ty Sambrello is also mixed in there. Backup center Daniel Runyer, who has not been good in camp at all, is now hurt. Aaron Brewer is back. Sam Ficken has been healthy and has largely been effective and should have locked down the place-kicking duties. And then there's, of course, Makai Sargent. Has he done enough to make this roster behind Derrick Henry and Darrington Evans as the third running back? I think that he has. And with Brian Hill going on IR on Sunday, well, only the COVID-listed Jeremy McNichols stands in his way of a roster spot. No matter how you slice it, there are some really, really difficult decisions for John Robinson and his staff on Tuesday, and those decisions will be fascinating to watch. Again, the deadline, 3 p.m., and all of this, of course, while trying to track a pandemic that is clearly working its way through the team facility. Nashville SC delivered a huge performance for a number of reasons on Saturday afternoon. First and foremost, with a 2-0 win and three points on the road against arch-rival Atlanta United. With a lot of games coming on the road over the next two months of the season, collecting a few wins will be critical for SC's chances at hosting a home playoff match. And Saturday was a massive first result. Second, how it happened. USL fan favorite Daniel Rios, who has slowly been worked back into the lineup in recent matches, delivered in a huge way in his first start since November of 2020. For the better part of the first half, Rios and company were knocking on the door with multiple chances to take a lead until he finally broke through when he finished a Dan Lovitz through ball at the near post to give Nashville the 1-0 lead in stoppage time of the first half. Nashville's defense rose to the occasion in the second half, thwarting a controlling Atlanta side time and time again. Then to cap off one hell of a defensive performance, in the 95th minute, Joe Willis, who posted his ninth clean sheet of the season, quick-kicked deep to an awaiting Randall Leal, who rolled it into an empty net while the Atlanta defense and keeper stood stunned on the floor of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It was Joe Willis's first primary assist in over 15,000 minutes played in MLS soccer. The bend-but-don't-break ploy worked, and the victory marked the first road win of the season for the boys in gold, and moved Nashville into a tie for second place with Orlando City in the Eastern Conference. Needless to say, it was a critical three points. Next up is a huge Memorial Day weekend of soccer in Music City. Before heading out on a four-match road trip, SC will host New York City FC on Friday night at Nissan Stadium before we all reconvene on Sunday night when the United States and Canada battle in the kickoff of World Cup qualifying, a match that should feature Walker Zimmerman and Alistair Johnston going against each other for their countries in their home club stadium. 
It will be a celebration of the beautiful game this weekend, and I don't know about you guys, but my four-year-old is pretty jacked up about the World Cup qualifier. Never mind that her father's more excited. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the wonderful people at the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. When you have a major decision coming on your house, a major remodel, a renovation, an addition, a new wing, I don't know how many people have new wings, but whatever. If you need a new wing, the Kingston Group is your only choice. BuildKG.com. Go check out the website. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please share the show, share the product. Every single one of you that's listened, I greatly appreciate it. Rate, review, and subscribe. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 444 Monday, August 30th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.